Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to some fierce and fabulous female entrepreneurs from all over the world. And my guest today is Susan Kiamba. She's the founder and CEO of Blue Elite LLP. That's a career coaching and training consulting firm. And she's also a respected corporate trainer and a career coach, as you heard before, and we're going to talk about that quite a bit, especially about what that means for you as an individual. Using her expertise in designing, learning, and career coaching, she's also the creator of Unlock Your Career Growth Bootcamp, Four Keys to Unlock Your Career Growth Training, and Unbank Your Career for Banking Professionals, and she has a little experience in that. All these online programs are designed to help professionals get unstuck in their careers. We talk about that often. Gain career clarity, direction, and confidence in their next steps. And especially as we're seeing in the world today, as we have the great resignation people, it is time to figure out where you want to go next. Now, Susan began her own career in banking, gaining unparalleled experience in the industry while also establishing herself as a very sought after and reputable corporate trainer. She's widely known for her expertise in coaching banking professionals, especially who need some career clarity. So joining me today is Susan. Thank you so much for being with us today. Excited to be here on this wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And it's been fun to actually see you and meet you and talk to you eye to eye and face to face, despite the fact we're, you know, a world away because we've been communicating for a while. And my entire team loves you and follows you. So it's really fun to get to know you. So I hit the highlights of, of your bio and what you're doing, but tell us a little bit more in your own words about you, your business today, and how you help people, especially in their careers, to shock their potential. So thank you so much, Michael. I look back and wonder, wait, what? How did we get here? Uh, because I'll be honest, that was this wasn't a plan. So I know many people have this dream of one day starting out a business and being free from the shackles of corporate <laughs> and the nine to five grind. Mm -hmm. I initially actually thought I was a nine to fiver for life mm. until something happened and I lost my job and behold, I was thrust into this world of what do you do next? Mm -hmm. And that's essentially how my business actually started out. It started out from a time when I had not thought I was going to go into business. I was mm -hmm. actually looking for my next opportunity because the last one had ended abruptly. And mm -hmm. lo and behold, I got many of those, it's not you, it's us. Um, kind of letters. And one day I just decided, okay, you know what? This is a sign. I'm trying to be corporate and the corporate season is over. So clearly I need to actually step out, be brave and do this consulting thing and go into business. 
And essentially, I took my story because I kept hearing many people having the same challenges that I'd experienced. Hey, I've been in this career 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and I have no clue what happens next. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how I can actually make that transition. What are the things I need to actually do? And in my own career in the banking industry, I went through the exact same thing. And I said, okay, I've done this. I've tested it. I know what it takes. Mm -hmm. Create a framework around it. Guide people so that they can replicate the same results that I had seen. And that's actually how I literally got started in just helping people with their careers. Because people are amazing. And we all try to minimize our amazing selves into a certain mold. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, the corporate world sometimes doesn't like our uniqueness so much. And they try <laughs> and make us into this lookalikes of each other who mm -hmm. sort of talk the same way, they behave the same way. No one actually explores who they fully, truly are. And I have been fortunate enough to get a chance to do that because one of the things that I did was actually a strengths assessment. Mm -hmm. And that strengths assessment got me understanding why I did the things I did, what made me tick, and essentially why I should stop trying to be that corporate mold and just be fully me, embrace it, and mm. help other people embrace their own selves. and. Yeah, so that's how that got started. And I've been guiding people for the last couple of years through different transitions in their career from a place of I have no clue what I should do next to I know exactly what I should be doing next. And this is the plan that I have to get me there. And mm -hmm. they're actually getting there. So fun times for me, because there's nothing that gives me greater joy than seeing somebody have an aha moment and mm -hmm. not only just have an aha moment, but they actually see the results of all their hard work. Because I'm sure you can appreciate that uh, self-discovery is deep work. Deep, oh, yes. deep work. Yeah, it's deep work that takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. And our easier way out is to not do it. But when you mm -hmm. do it, you're actually better for it and you're happier for it. So that's, that's, that's been my journey into business. It's been unconventional, I think. Um, <laughs> definitely not what I thought it would be. I thought I was a lifer. Um, mm -hmm. But hey. Here I am, loving the journey, loving the experience, and loving helping people actually just uncover who they truly are deep down and watch them soar. That one is best gift ever for me on any given day when I work with clients. You know, Susan, you had um, a, so many great points, and I actually spent a part of my career kind of circling the financial world. I worked for a nonprofit early on in my career where we actually helped people that were struggling financially. So I had a lot of like board members and volunteers who worked in the banking industry. And it's a very, and I know you work with people from all different industries, but I know you specialize in people within the banking industry. Yeah. And it's a really unique industry because you're absolutely right. If ever there was a career path that was looking for one kind of kind of person, personality, I'm not saying it's not, doesn't have any opportunity for creativity, but it's, it's pretty much, you know, a cut and dry kind of role. And um, I had a woman come up to me. I was speaking, this was about 10 years ago. I was speaking at a conference and um, I guess it wasn't 10 years ago because I haven't had my hair funny colors for 10 years. So seven years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and she said to me, she came up afterward and she goes, I just want to tell you how much I love your hair. And, you know, I get that a lot. So I was having fun with it. I said, oh, thanks. And she goes, I wish I could do that. I would love to have some colorful hair, but I can't do that. I work in banking. 
And I look at her and I said, well, tell me why you can't do it. Now I knew the answer. I knew the answer was most banks have, you know, some pretty strict dress codes and, you know, that have to do with grooming. But what was interesting is I wasn't asking her for the reason of why can't you just have your hair funny colored? I really wanted to know more about what she wanted to do. And so I just asked her next, I said, why would you want to have your hair? Cause she kept saying blue. I really want it to be blue. I want some blue. And I said, why tell me why you want it to be blue. And so I was expecting things like, you know, then I can show my creativity, then I can do this or, you know, whatever, like I, you know, I'm an inner artist. I was waiting for all those. And she said, because every day when I go to work, I feel like a part of me is dying. Oh, wow. And if I could express myself more like that, I think I would get more energy to go to work. And I looked at her and I said, uh, you know, I think I'm, and then she's like, wait, wow. I didn't even know that's what I was feeling. Yeah. And I said, that's really important. Pay attention to that. Cause there's your, there's your real answer. It's not about having blue hair. It's about something else. And she called me like a year later, or maybe I got a message on LinkedIn or something, but she sent me a picture of herself and she had like taken a big chunk of her hair underneath and like done a whole layer of it, dark blue. And so yeah. she could wear it up and people could see it or she could wear it down and nobody would know. And she said, I found that it, I just needed to do it to unleash that part of me. And she goes, I've gotten promoted. She goes, I just feel like there's a whole new life. And she goes, you're right. It wasn't about the color of my hair. It was the decision to start doing things differently. And that, I just, that story always hits me because I'm like, wow, just to your point, you don't always have to follow the path, even though you think that might be the path that you really want to. Sometimes yeah. we just need to question ourselves and, and do some soul searching. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And, and I think um, the Kakala thing is for other people, it's other things. For other yeah. people, it's not about their hair color. For other people, it's just standing up and saying, um, boss, I think I'd like to go back to school. And yes. to be able to do that, I'd like to come in an hour earlier and leave an hour earlier just so that I can make it to school on time. Yes. Uh, for somebody else, it literally has to be to stand up and say, enough. I think I've done this long enough. I need to step into something else and to be okay with the stepping into something else. Because yeah. many times we don't give ourselves the permission to actually be our best. There's yeah. always a mortgage. There's always a bill to be paid. There's always a reason why you shouldn't. And a reason why we justify our unhappiness for a really long time. And yeah. when we finally break loose, we go like, wait, those things actually really weren't holding me back. It was never about the mortgage. It was never about the bills. It was, it was never about what people would think. It was really about you giving yourself permission to be and accepting that it was okay because no two paths are the same and no two journeys actually are ever the same, no matter where you started out. At some point, you're going to diverge. At some point, someone's going to be ahead. And simply because they're ahead doesn't mean you're doing worse off because, again, you're not the same person, two different people. So right. it's, it's, always, it's, it's always amazing just... Uh, listening to people's stories and how they found their place and how they have found themselves and mm -hmm. how they're evolving. Because one of the things I firmly believe is that as long as we're always learning, we're always going to be growing. But the meaning yeah. we stop learning and decide, okay, I know enough. So I'm just going to be here until they're ready to either kick me out or I've 
um, <laughs> got into retirement age and now I'll be ready to leave and go and start my own other life, which of mm. course never happens. Um, then you don't, you don't actually go anywhere. So as long as you're learning, you're always growing. And as long as you're yeah. just adapting and making those shifts along the way, you're better off than someone who just sits back and says, oh, life is so horrible. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't give me the opportunity. Right. They didn't allow me day. to do it. Yeah, they, so they, so how about you? So what's yeah. holding you back? And, and I think that's a question we often, uh, we should ask ourselves more often, what's holding me back? Not who, mm-hmm. but what? Because it's yeah. often you, points right back to you. And I get, uh, you know, I have kind of a controversial response to a lot of times people will ask me, you know, well, why, um, what do you think we can do about the wage gap between men and women? So that's always a big hot topic in, in the U.S. And there, I can't remember what day it is, but there's some day in the U.S. where they say this is the day that women now, you know, it's taken this many days for women to earn on average what a man has in, in the U.S., And so I get a lot of media calls those days and, you know, everybody wants to know what my opinion is and how are we going to close the wage gap? And and so my my response is always very controversial, because when I ask women, how many times did you negotiate a raise? Mm -hmm. Did you negotiate Mm -hmm. your first position differently? You know, uh, how many things did you just you know, if you had to look at the last three jobs you took, did you just take the offer or did you try and negotiate different things? Did you know what you wanted with them? Um, and not just women, I mean, men too, but I, uh, this is where I get into this controversial kind of topic, because um, if you don't stand up for yourself, you're only going to get the bare minimum of what the, the opportunity is. And that doesn't mean that every time you can negotiate for lots of different things or, you know, lots more money or all those things. But if you don't try, you will never know. And if you don't try, you will never get it. No one is going to automatically hand you more money just because you showed up that day. And when you look at things like career path and to your point, okay, if I, if I, I'm a, I don't want to do this because I, I'm going to stay in this job. I hate because I've got to pay for my mortgage instead of looking at what do I really want to do and how, what could I do that would also make me be able to pay my mortgage and have some joy then we're asking ourselves different questions that give us more opportunity rather than feel hostage to uh, to our situation. That's absolutely true. And um, to your point on the wage wage gap, that's actually a discussion I had recently with um, a few of my former clients. We were mm-hmm. having sort of like a breakfast catch up meeting, and we're talking about some of the challenges that they've more or less collectively been experiencing at the office. One of them is the one that of course doesn't go away, which is office politics. But the Mm -hmm. other one was actually on negotiating for your salary or negotiating Mm -hmm. at that next level because you want a lot, but then you're afraid to say, okay, I I have done this work. I have what it takes. I know I'll get it done. I know you get results. Therefore, this is my rate. And Mm -hmm. I stand by it and no shaky voice. I am actually confidently saying this is what I'd like as an offer mm-hmm. and posing and not taking it back because sometimes mm-hmm. I find that um, especially women will tend to um, half-heartedly put out an offer mm-hmm. which the other party can sense that you're not quite confident about the offer you're putting forth. And yes. so they stare you down. And because you're uncomfortable in that silence, you go like, oh, you know what? I'll just take whatever you have. And they go like, yes, 
<laughs> we got you where you, we wanted you. And exactly. um, you leave that room feeling like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. I should mm-hmm. have stuck my guns. I should have, I should have. So it becomes a whole series of I should have, I could have, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then you feel a bitter sweetness with this new position that you really worked so hard for and yeah. you didn't negotiate what you felt you were worth um, simply because you are afraid that they'd say no. Yes. But then it's it's always um, a wonder to see someone who decides, okay, I'm going to push it, I'm going to test it. Mm-hmm. And they practice it and they calmly get comfortable with that number. So whatever that number is, they say it many times. And by the time mm-hmm. they are walking into that room, they say, okay, so this is what I'm putting on the table, what you say. And the other side goes like, we can do that. Yeah, so I remember exactly. that actually happened with one of my clients and she was so shocked. She couldn't believe because she had <laughs> thought it was too high. Right. But she practices this briefing exercise and saying that number, getting comfortable yes. with it. And then she walks into the room and they say, okay, let's do it. And for a moment, she was so stunned. She wasn't <laughs> sure how to respond. So she's wondering, okay, wait, so is this a place where I take a moment to like go under the table and cry with joy or do I shake your hand and say, okay, great. Looking forward to doing business with you. And then go off yeah. into the bathroom to do your victory dance. Like it was so <laughs> disorienting. But just listening to her tell the story and the confidence she actually got out of that whole experience was Absolutely. enough proof to everyone else in the room that when you actually stand up and speak out and actually mm-hmm. take your take that space. Don't, yeah. don't wait for somebody to give it. Like you said, no one's going to give you, there are no participation awards in this life. No. You take what you need, run with it, stand for it. And of course the worst they could always do is say no. Right. And, right. and, and it's something I, I always ask people to consider like my clients. So, okay. So they said no, then like mm-hmm. what, 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 what gets worse when they say no, right. all it tells you is no, we're not ready now. No, let's talk about this in six months. No, mm-hmm. never going to happen. In which case, then you know where you stand and right. you can quickly move on and don't spend a lot of time second guessing, wondering, wait, will they say yes? Will they say no? Will yep. So it takes away a lot of the second guessing. And I think we kill ourselves a lot with that whole um, silent war, silent battle happening inside of you, which yes. you're not letting out because you're not actually asking the questions that you're afraid to ask because you're afraid of a no. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just the start of a conversation, not the end of a conversation. Well, and I always, I, I have actually a, a, I think we put it into a two-part YouTube video, but about you know negotiating because I always think when you go in to negotiate, you should have a couple different things that you yeah. want to talk about because then if you don't get one, you might get another, and so that can be you know one's obviously money, maybe bonus, maybe it's paid time off, maybe it's you know you're going to work hybrid or you're going to work remotely even part of the time, so maybe you negotiate a better chair you know, an office chair or you, you know, negotiate a ring light so that you can do video conferences better. I mean, there's so many different ways you can have a win. And as long as you're not a jerk, that's always my line. Just don't be a jerk. You know, as long as you're not a jerk, when you negotiate, you know, you're not going to lose that opportunity by saying, this was a wonderful offer. I'm going to take just a little time to think about it. And then when you come back, say, this is an incredible offer. I have a few points that I would like to be able to discuss. 
Which would you prefer? Should I give them to you in email first and we have a call? Or would you like to hear them now when I follow up by email? So you give people a chance to understand that you want to talk about some things. You take control. And it also tells that employer the caliber of, of what you believe in yourself and what you're going to do for that company, especially if you're in a sales position, without a doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like what you say, because there are those negotiables and there are the non-negotiables, meaning I draw the line at this and Mm -hmm. you have your reasons for drawing the line at that. But there are those things which, okay, so we can give you whatever pay you're asking for gross, but then let's talk about your days off. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about um, your hybrid uh, remote working days. So there are those things that you can negotiate. But then there are those things which you stand firm on because they are extra important to you and they are a deal breaker. But then I right. think we go into this negotiation with this idea that everything is a deal breaker. When in reality, eh, not, not everything is a deal breaker. There's quite a bit and of things that give you. Yeah, nor should it be because it gives everyone some room to feel that they've gotten to the best agreement for everybody in the room, that no one's yeah. taking the other. And that we yeah. are mutually benefiting from this whole experience rather than just leaning in, in one direction. So true. I mean, the best negotiations are the ones where everybody feels that they got something, but nobody yeah. feels like they got everything. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, Susan, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month and we will be right back. Are you a highly sensitive individual? If you are, you are part of the 20% of people whose nervous system is wired to take in more stimulation than others. This can feel overwhelming, trying to get by through coping and stuck in your shadows instead of your strengths. But it doesn't need to be that way. You can learn to be in charge of yourself physically, spiritually, and financially in a way that honors your highly sensitive self. Heather Dominic is the founder of businessmiracles.com, and she's been training highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders since 2010 to do things differently by working less and making more of a social impact and a higher income. Whether you've been in business for years or are just starting out, highly sensitive entrepreneurs are sick of trying to, usually secretly, manage overwhelm and other ways your highly sensitive nervous system tends to hijack and work against you. Now you're ready to learn how to be comfortable in your highly sensitive skin, to create your work and life to match who you truly are, so you can work less while making more impact and income. I should know, as a super uber highly sensitive entrepreneur myself, working with Heather and her team has changed my life and my businesses. To learn more, please use our affiliate link in the show notes or reach out to the Business Miracles team and tell them you heard about them from the Shock Your Potential podcast. Every listener who joins the Business Miracles program in 2022 will receive a selection of five best-selling books from our Shock Your Potential bookstore authors. Leading as a highly sensitive entrepreneur is a mindset to hold and an energy to embody. To lead means to show someone the way to be in charge of. As a highly sensitive entrepreneur, this starts with learning how to be in charge of yourself first and your purpose second. And we are back with Susan Kiamba and we are talking about all things, uh, job, career path changes, but we're going to take a little change ourselves right now. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. And I think this is great because as we started learning about you in the beginning, 
you weren't seeking to be an entrepreneur. You know, you really thought, number one, you were going to be a lifer in terms of a nine to fiver. You know, you saw yourself as a career, especially in banking, but something like that. And things change and you've become an entrepreneur. So my question for you is, in this journey, what have you learned about yourself as an entrepreneur? Maybe something that you're like, hey, that's really amazing. I never knew I had that ability. Or, hey, I realized that I can't be a great entrepreneur without mastering this one area. Or, hey, I I still I still have days where I, you know, crawl into the fetal position and suck my thumb. I mean, I my all my listeners know I do that from <laughs> time to time. So <laughs> that's my Achilles heel. But what have you learned about yourself in the process? So one of the things I learned about myself in the process is that my greatest tool is actually my mindset. Ah. And up until I got into entrepreneurship, I had never realized that there was this employee uh, mindset that we firmly get into and just don't know we have. And there's Mm -hmm. the entrepreneur's mindset. The employee's mindset is, I'm going to wait to be told, someone's going to fix my problems and I'm just going to be here waiting. Mm -hmm. And the entrepreneur says, okay, so we have a problem. Can we solve it? How can we solve it and solve it quickly? Mm-hmm. Because that's what I found myself doing a lot. And interestingly enough, I, I got into entrepreneurship just a little before COVID hit. So mm-hmm. that meant that I was literally making this transition and in the process of making this transition into entrepreneurship, enter an even more crazy transition that mm-hmm. had me scrambling and thinking, okay, fine. So what I had planned wouldn't happen mm. because one of the things that um, I do at Blue Elite is I, I actually offer consultancy in learning and development over and above um, career coaching for individuals. And my learning and development business was just taking off. I had all this great work lined up and then bam, mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. And instantaneously, as is common with business, when uh, times are tough, we hold on to our cash the first budget that gets slashed right next to marketing, training. the training budget. Yep. So training budgets out of the way. So suddenly I'm finding myself in this space where I still have to sustain this business. I still need to be providing solutions to somebody because yes, mm-hmm. after all, we're not entrepreneurs because we want to have holidays every day. We still want to make <laughs> money and solve problems. So I quickly had to pivot. And that's where I actually learned that my mindset is my greatest tool. I had to shift um, focus really fast mm-hmm. and see, okay, so where is this world today? Our world was suddenly um, pandemic, companies are closing, we're going hybrid, we don't even know what we're doing, we are trying to figure out, people are losing jobs, people are wondering, okay, so I lost my job, what do I do? And then we are home and we're all on the internet. And okay, so I look at it and I say, wait a minute. I have skills. I have an experience. I have worked in corporate. I have lost a job in the process. I have worked online. So let's combine all these things and begin to help people a lot more. So that's actually how my career coaching business grew in Mm. the pandemic. And it grew because I quickly shifted from corporate and went into working with individuals because the individuals were the ones who were there. The individuals were the ones who needed help in that time. And yeah. the individuals were the ones who were going to pay for the services that they desperately, desperately needed. So my mindset I have found is my greatest asset. And I have used it time and time again, because as we have gone back into transition mm. with the pandemic easing off, um, the world beginning to open up, that's meant another shift again, because as is yeah. typical, corporates come and they're like, hey, we're ready for you now. And yeah. 
you and you're thinking okay guys you know it's not just on pause waiting for you to come back there's actually yeah. stuff I was doing so again making that shift and making that adjustment to be able to accommodate the changes that again have happened um in this new year and in the past year so mindset for me is is a big one and just being able to make those changes as and when and not having this fixed idea of what's going to work out and what's not absolutely going to work out and just reading the signs of the times because yeah. the times have kept on shifting. And I think we're talking about this earlier um, in terms of like the great resignation and what mm-hmm. it's meant for organizations. It's also meant a lot for individuals and it's just understanding like for businesses. So people have decided they would rather work from home So Mm -hmm. are you going to adapt to that change or are you going to stick to, you absolutely must come to the office or else we're not going to hire you. And of course that's not sustainable, will not work, will not end very well for the organization. So as an entrepreneur, I've had to think of myself as a business. So what do businesses do to survive? They adapt. What have I had to do to survive? I adapt. And boy, what fun it has been. <laughs> I hear you. I am. I've been right there. Um, prior to the pandemic, ninety-eight uh, percent of my business income came from me getting on an airplane to travel somewhere in the world to speak and train on leadership and sales. And so, same thing. You know, it was a beautiful lineup for twenty twenty. Man, it was a gorgeous looking year on the calendar. And uh, we adapted. And you are absolutely right. We're adapting again, not just as entrepreneurs, but businesses to understand what the needs are and be able to fulfill that, whether it's us uh, having services um, for our clients or it's businesses trying to attract and retain good employees who now are calling the shots now, are negotiating more and better, have never had a time in, in my entire life that the employee has had this much power and I don't care where you live. If you, if you yeah. take the power, you do, you use your powers for good, not evil. <laughs> you will, yes. you will do well with it because it is amazing. And you're absolutely right. You know, those, the businesses that will adapt and have that flexible mindset are the ones that are going to come up with not only are they not only just going to survive it, but they're going to come up with the way that work really looks in the future. And I think that's more global. I think that's a lot more flexible. I think there's so much more, uh, you know, opportunity for people to be the creative people that they want to be blue hair or not. So (laughs) I love it. Blue hair is cool. (laughs) I got a little orange going on here too, this time. Well, Susan, I I love what you do. I love um, also that you shared your, uh, you know, your success, but also the challenge you face because you know, nobody, uh, nobody starts their own business at the perfect time. Well, I guess some people do, but uh, if I would have bought stock and certain, you know, things like zoom at the beginning of the pandemic, I would have been really smart. I, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I'd be sitting on a yep. desert Island, but regardless of that, um, I think you're, uh, I'm really impressed to how you've taken, you know, the changes you had in your career and turned them into a business that not only makes you happy, but it makes success for other people. I'm I'm excited that I'm able to take my story and help somebody with my story. So one of the things I'll often say when I'm giving talks or even when I'm just speaking with clients is letting them know that their story is not in vain. So many mm-hmm. times people feel that um, the world is against me. I have this horrible experience. It just makes no sense. And yet, if you really search, you quickly find that there are those people who can relate a lot with what you've been through. 
And because they can relate, you're able to support them through that period. And whatever that support looks like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a paid sort of support. It could be through a mentorship. It could be through a friendship. It could be just through um, peer relationships and networking. So I have had the benefits of standing on the shoulders of giants who have gone before me, people who have given selflessly, people who have also helped me understand myself better. And there's nothing that help, gives me so much more joy than just being able to do that for somebody else. That my story that when I was living it, it was crazy. It was, <laughs> wouldn't wish it on anyone. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, it was my story, my journey and being able to take what was just a really crazy time and help somebody through it without the drama. So I mm -hmm. often tell people, please don't feel you need to go through my drama <laughs> to get to your happy. <laughs> just take my lessons, like remove my drama, take the lesson, run with it and then just get to happiness faster. So so don't 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 shortchange yourself. Just take remove just my drama. Get it out. Lessons, it. run with it. So it's been, <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been amazing. Now I can smile. I promise you there's a time it was sleepless nights and um, pulling out hair and just trying to figure out, oh my goodness, why, why? And what's all this that's going on? And uh, why couldn't it have been different? But looking back now, all those roads were leading to this moment in time. So wouldn't change anything for the world. Absolutely. I totally get it. I, I'm, I've been there, done that as well. I love it. Susan, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, including links to everywhere you are. But just in case somebody is so anxious that they don't want to go to the show notes and they want to find you right now, what's the best way for them to look you up? LinkedIn is where I spend quite a bit of time. I hang out on LinkedIn, Susan Kiamba. You'll definitely find me. Just send me a note and say, hey, listen to you on um, Shock Your Potential. And I'd love to connect. Always happy to meet new people. Always happy to get to learn from these amazing professionals from all over the world. I amended that. Well, before we go, and you've already given us a lot, but do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Pals of advice, it all adds up. That's one of the things I've actually found out from looking at my whole story. Everything adds up. Mm. It just means that you need to be a little bit more creative in how you see your collective experiences. So I know coming into entrepreneurship, I thought I didn't have what it took because I, I thought entrepreneurs are this crazy risk-taking human beings who just go and take the world. And yet there are things that I could transfer from my corporate um career and just take those and bring them into, into this side of business and into working with people. So it all adds up. So nothing that you've ever experienced in your life goes to waste. Uh, it might not make sense, but then if you begin to look at it from a point of what do I need? Where did I get it? How can I use it? Then you're much better off along your journey than if you sat down and said, I don't have what it takes. Because many times we underestimate exactly what it is we have within us. And that's why I think I love this show that says shock your potential. So shock <laughs> your potential by actually sitting down and doing a skills inventory. Just try and figure out what are all those skills that I have that are brought from all over the place? And how can I leverage those skills to help me be best at what I do? or to be the best version of myself that the world can actually experience. That's my parting shot. It all adds up. Nothing is wasted. I love it. That, and that is beautiful. I love that. It does all add up. I completely agree. Susan, it has been a pleasure learning about you, learning about what you do and getting to know you. Thank you. You have been a fabulous guest today. 
Thank you so much for having me and thanks for your guests listening in. I hope to catch you all on LinkedIn at some point in time very soon. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.